It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Giants huddle podcast. Today, it's our game preview. The Giants getting ready to travel to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, we have three interviews coming your way today. I'm going to talk to Giants rookie edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. As always, Bob Papatosa, head coach Joe Judge, and Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino speak to Sal Palantonio, who covers the NFL for ESPN with a focus on the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, you can find Sal on the Edge NFL Matchup Show, which can also be found on ESPN. He does that with Greg Cosell. Um, it does a great job. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Just a reminder, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Find the subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give a five-star positive review. And if you have friends that are Giant fans, tell a friend and, you know, let them sign up for the podcast if you think they'll enjoy it. All right, let's get to it. I'm going to lead off with my conversation with Giants rookie edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. Aziz, thanks for being with us, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. No, th- thanks for being with us. So I'm going to start real basic. Do you still feel like a rookie? <laughs> I mean, def- uh, I, I would say, yeah, I, I'm definitely still a rookie. Definitely. But, a little bit. Well, yeah, obviously you have to say that because the yeah. vets will come get you. I get that. Right. But when, you, when you're out there on the field, though, <laughs> like, do you feel like you're past that I'm a rookie still trying to figure a lot of stuff out? Have you gotten past that part of it at least? Yeah, I think I, I feel like I'm growing every week. I feel like I'm getting better. I'm definitely – uh, it's definitely uh, the, the flow of the game is getting um, grasping it way more better, and I'm getting the feel now. I'm definitely moving better. What, sure. <laughs> what do you think some of the things are that have really clicked for you as you've gotten more experience throughout the year and just seen more things? Yeah, just understanding how the game is played, how fast it is, and actually move, being able to adapt to it and move and play it, play at a high level with it, and knowing it's good on good. Everyone out there is going hard, trying to make plays, and you know, just trying to make plays every play you can make. How much of that is, not that you weren't obviously doing this when you were in college, but learning how to watch film and prepare as an NFL player versus what you were doing in college and then having that translate to the field? Yeah, it's big because every game in this league goes down to the wire, the last play of the game, the last two minutes. Like Every single play is game of inches. Every single play matters. So watch your film, what you could, whatever you could get that edge on your opponent to – Use it to your advantage is just key. It's big, so you got to keep watching it and just using it as an advantage. Do you find that what NFL offenses are doing and the amount of preparation you have to do is a lot more and more complicated than what you did at Georgia, or is it very similar? Because I know they run a very pro-style system Mm -hmm. there anyway. Yeah, facts. Uh, You know, I say just getting – just watching more film. The film watches, I say, is definitely way more. You know, just breaking it down to the detail each – opponent each player knowing your opponent basically knowing your knowing his, knowing his identity you know so that's the main thing for me as an individual player where do you think you've improved the most this year uh i say you know just under the game the flow the flow of the game is slowed down for me a lot so i'm just playing better playing faster and i can see these better you know i can react faster at this right now at the time we are now so it's just i say you know I'm, just trying, I'm still trying to get better at everything I do, no matter what it is. So I'm just trying to work on, on my game all around, no matter what. What are some of the things the vets that you work with in that room have kind of explained to you or taught to you or kind of guided you through that you think has really helped you along to play as well as you has as a rookie? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Zoe, watch your film. Leo hits me up on the field. 
we work together, pass rush stuff. So just listening to older guys, you know, because they've been in the league for a while, taking every piece of information I can from them is key for me as I continue to grow and just get better every single day. So listening to them is a big key, you know, footwork, hand placement, get off, pad level, just taking everything I can from each one of those guys. You know, Joe Judge likes to talk about fundamentals. We hear mm-hmm. from him. I'm sure you guys are just tired of hearing it from him. But <laughs> but you have to embrace it, right? And, yeah. and that's what makes you a better player. Right. So fundamentally, where do you think, and now we're getting out of the film room now onto the mm-hmm. field, fundamentally, where, what was one of your big focuses this year that you think you've made yeah. a lot of steps in, of improvement throughout the course of the year? Yeah, fundamentally, I'll say my my was uh, getting my pads down, getting playing lower, trying to just stay low with everything I do because I'll be more explosive and faster and I could – make more of an impact, just keep my pads low because you're more explosive when you're low. So that was one of my main ones, keeping my pad level low. What's something that you're still focused on trying to improve? And I'm sure, obviously, we still have three games left, but mm-hmm. as you you know, look ahead to your second, your third year, yeah. where, where does Aziz Ojolari say, man, if I could get this, I'm going to mm-hmm. be able to take my game to the next level? Yeah, I say, you know, just keep keep working. You know, I definitely want to improve on shedding, getting off blocks, shedding blocks in the run game for sure. Just continue to just make a bigger impact in that part. Just getting off blocks is one of my main ones, getting off blocks. You know, one thing I've talked to a bunch of guys in your position that go from college to the pros, and the one mm-hmm. thing that the guys tell me a lot is that the best offensive lineman I may be faced in college is almost every offensive lineman <laughs> that I face in the National yeah. Football League. Right. So what has it been like taking that jump in competition you know, where every week you're yeah. facing a guy that would have been an All-American yeah. in the SEC. Facts. Yeah, every week is a challenge, and it's, I'm up for it, and I love it like that way, you know. Just ready to get after who's in front of me. The challenge is on, you know, good on good, no matter what it is, you know. Just trying to attack them every single play because I know I'm going to get their best, so I'm going to bring it to them every single play, good on good, try to get – Try to beat them every time we step on the field. Does that every force? Th- does that force you to enhance your game, though? Yes, it does. You know, because you know someone across from you is trying to beat you every rep. So while you have to match them, you gotta or go beyond above what he's trying to do. So it definitely makes you bring the intensity every week. In the same way, you know, in practice every week, you get to go against Andrew Thomas, your yeah, former right. teammate, obviously. You have Nate Solder, who's been doing Nate this Solder, forever. Right. Yeah, you know, Matt, Matt Parrott's a really Matt good athlete. Perth, He's still yeah. figuring things out. How, yeah. how do you guys work together to try to improve one another throughout the week competing and then maybe mm-hmm. talking afterwards, trading, oh, well, when I do this, you do that, this gives yeah. me trouble. How do you guys kind of work together to improve one another? Yeah, we definitely work together. It's, it's love, you know. It's, it's nice cause to be able to talk to your, office, to your teammates, your office linemen, what they see, what I'm doing to them. They see, they give it to me. They see, tell me about what other guys do to them to try to get them to stop what they don't like. And, so mm-hmm. and we try to use all that and take it and use it as my advantage, just learning off each other as teammates and try to use it against other teams, you know. So we just got to come out here, work every single day, practice hard, try to get better working with each other, good on good every single day. So you get get different things from each player, you know. So everyone's not the same. So it's good to get that work against those guys. You know, you mentioned Leonard Williams a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And what what does it mean to a team in a group when you see a guy like that who he comes out of the game the week before his like mm-hmm. his triceps is like falling off of his yeah. arm, right? <laughs> and then he goes out there, yeah. and look, record is what the record is. You guys yeah. aren't competing for a playoff spot. That he goes out there, I'm sure, mm-hmm. played through a lot of pain, yeah. and plays a heck of a game. What yeah. does that show, younger guys like you? And you see a veteran mm-hmm. that's already gotten his money, gotten his contract, yeah. right? right? To still go out and do that, right, man? Just the love of the game, the 
the heart he has for the game, what you know, the respect for him, man. I just I love Leo. That's my older brother, man, for real. Like, man, he's a real one. And just just seeing him just go out there and continue to fight for this team just makes you want to just fight and play hard for him, even though he's halfway still hurt. It just wants me to just go out there. Are you fully healthy? Why why not go harder for him, for your brother? Why not play play so you can, you know? So it's just seeing that just motivates us, just fires us up to just keep going hard and play, play, play fast and physical. In the same way, how do you think the the message from the coaching staff, and that's something I think we've seen with Joe Judge's teams the last two years, the record maybe not what you want, but every week you see the team come out and they play hard. Yeah. Can you just talk about the attitude and general um, environment and culture that you guys have in that locker room that yeah. you think just permeates everything? Yeah, we're family, you know. It's our job. It's what we do. You got to love the game. You got to go out there and play it hard every single game no matter what it is whatever what the circumstances are you got to go out there ball out do play your game and you don't put everything on the line you don't want put no bad film on tape or nothing so you got to go out there be you play the game you love you know if you love it you got to show us you love it play <laughs> play with your heart best case scenario if i give you the option you're yeah. standing up to rush or you're three points dancing to rush what do you like, like better for me i'll go three point stance because i feel like i'm lower and i'm just getting straight off shooting like a jet but, you know, it don't really matter. I could, I'm really comfortable with both. But I'll, I'll say me, I prefer three. Get down to go. Like I'm in the track stairs. <laughs> All right, do you like lining up over the left tackle at right end? Or do you like lining up over the right tackle at left end? Uh, or do you not care? It doesn't matter with me. I go either side. Just get to the quarterback. Are you more comfortable <laughs> on either side? Because I know you've lined up on both almost yeah, equally. Both. Mostly I'm on the left, but usually right. Because I'm left-handed. Oh, I know yeah, that. You're, you're a lefty, left huh? Uh, All right. <laughs> so if you're a left-hand dominant, then you would want to line up over the right tackle, correct? Well, yeah. Depending on how yeah. you want to do it, right? Yeah, left hand, yeah. Right hand. But I, either way, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm good either way. You know, people say sacks come in bunches. That's the old cliche, right? Mm. And that's how we do this year. I think you've had three multi-sack games, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, right? Why do you think that happens where, you, you know, once you get one, you get another one? Is that mm -hmm. because just in that particular game – the matchup's good against the guy you're playing against? Is it that the scheme's putting you in a good position? Or are you just on that day? Why do you think yeah. the sacks tend to come in bunches for you? I think, you know, just keep rushing no matter what. Just keep going. It's going to end up coming. You just got to keep going. You don't think about the sack. Just keep going. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. There's no one in the back of your head. Yeah, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. You get there once, you want to get there again. You want to beat your friend, your teammate there. You want to get there. Just having that in your back of your mind, just it, like, motivates you to just keep going hard to get to the quarterback. Is that something that you want to be more consistent at, though, where yeah. it's not all just in three or four games, where yeah, that's right. spread out more Facts. and you're being more productive in more right. games? Yes, sir. Definitely always. Definitely want to be definitely uh, consistent. Want to make sure I'm consistent every single game, you know, getting to the quarterback. And that will be big for sure, being consistent. That's a big one. Is, is that frustrating for a pass rusher? You know, because a lot of times mm -hmm. I'll go back and, and I'll watch and I'm like, oh, Z's killed the defender on uh, – killed the <laughs> offensive tackle on that play, but the yeah. quarterback threw it in a he second and a half. Yeah. So you might have a game yeah. where you actually win more, yeah. don't get a sack, then maybe you'll get a game where you get a sack and a half, but yeah. the quarterback just happens to scramble and he runs yeah, into right. you, right? <laughs> yeah. is, is, is that weird? You know, because fans just look at the sacks and like, oh, he had a great uh -huh. game, he had a sack and a half. Then you look yeah. at the tape and you're like, you know what? I had one tackle for loss, no sacks yeah. and an assist, but I thought I played a damn good game. Yeah, it happens like that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, as long as you're affecting the quarterback, making a move out the spot, you know, whatever we could do to affect them, to help our team out get this win, that's, that's the main thing, you know. Just affect the quarterback, whatever we could do. Pressures, 
uh, batted balls, you know, just getting a move out the spot is the main thing, you know. Sacks will definitely come, though. All right. Sacks will come. Let's talk about the Eagles. Uh, what did you learn about the Eagles team when you played them just four weeks ago? Yeah, you know, they definitely could run the ball. They definitely go try to come back and run the ball on us for sure. They got big weapons all over. Great team, you know, so we got to bring it. What do you have to do better to stop the run? Because they ran for over 200 against you guys mm -hmm. a month ago. Yeah, we just got to uh, come in and play as a unit. Everyone playing on one, no one for ones. Everybody synced in on what we got going on. And we just got to stop and play physical, get off blocks and share blocks, you know, and finish on the tackle. Yeah, and I think the challenge, right, when I watch them on tape, they do the read option stuff, right? They yeah. do the RPO stuff. Right. Um, they run inside with Jordan Howard, who's yeah. kind of that big between the tackles guy. Yeah. Then they'll do the outside zone with outside Miles zone, Sanders. Yeah. Boy, their offensive line can pull too, right? right These guys yeah. are athletic. athletic. They get to the second level. Yeah. So when a team has that type of variety in the run game where they can mm -hmm. do it in a lot of different ways, how does that present the challenge for you guys to try to stop them? Yeah, we're built for it, but, you know, everyone just got to be on their own, on their job, on their A game, you know. You got to do your job, play your part, know the call, echo it out, communicate is big. So we all make sure we're all on the same page, ready, you know, ready to stop it. And then, obviously, this is something you defended a lot in college. Jalen mm -hmm. Hurts with the read option, right? Yeah, facts. The guy can run like a running back. Run, he yeah. is a heck of an athlete. He right. leads the team in rushing still, right? Yeah. So, as a defensive end, and you have to read sometimes, right, that mm -hmm. handoff and hand go, what are some yeah. of the keys, without giving out state secrets, what are some of the yeah. keys and things you look for to try to make those appropriate reads? Yeah, you know, just try to do your job, play your technique the right way, you know, stay square. Don't run upfield, you know, and just handle the rest, make the tackle. Yeah, <laughs> for and, sure. And then when you rush the passer, right, you want to mm -hmm. get to him, but at the same time, you want to contain, right? Because right. you don't want him getting out of there. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, so how do you balance those two things? Yeah, you know, we just with the game plan, we got, you know, what we got to do. We got to rush, rush out. We got to rush. We can't rush out of whack. We all got to be on the same unit, same page, because we know he could run. He's very elusive. He get out of the pocket, and make big plays. So we got to keep him contained. For sure. Final question. Uh, their offensive line. We don't mm -hmm. know about Jordan Mailata. He's dealing with an ankle. But dude's like 6'8", 315. Yeah, Guy's right. a monster. <laughs> monster. Lane Johnson's an all-pro. Yeah. What are the challenges those two guys give you as a pass rusher coming off that edge? Yeah, man. I mean, those guys are good, good players, you know. So it's great. Good all good every single day. I go against good players here every day. Drew, Nate Soldier, sure. Matt Perch. So it's like, you know. It's just another challenge. you ready to face it, go out there, compete with the best of the best. Why not take the opportunity? And, you know, they're big guys, long arms, athletic. So, you know, why not take the opportunity to go against all pro? Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and when you have to set the edge against guys like yeah. that, what are some of the – we talked about rushing the passer, right? Uh -huh. What are some of the keys to setting the edge against great players like that so yeah. you, you, you keep that contained in the run game? I say you just get off the ball, great knockback, and play with extension on them. Can't get all in there in the chest. Just keep your extension – Knock back. You got to be physical. Finally, go-to pass rush move. When I watched you in college before the draft, yeah. I thought you were great at knocking that outside knocking hand down outside and getting around. Yeah. Is is that still your go-to, or do you got some more tricks in the box that you're working on? Yeah, I'm working on different moves every every week. You know, just trying to learn every single as I keep going in my career to keep going. But definitely, I say my uh, favorite move is the stab club. The long arm with the club. That's my favorite. And then you dip around the edge and get to the queue. Dip and rip, baby. You got to like rip. it. You got to finish with the rip.
<laughs> My man Aziz. Good stuff. I appreciate <laughs> it. Best luck against the Eagles. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. That's Giants rookie edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. Hey, Giant fans, secure season tickets for the 2022 season now for only 100 bucks. Limited seats available. Speak with a Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. All right, now let's go inside the Philadelphia Eagles and the matchup this weekend with Sal Palantonio from ESPN. Giants wrap up their season series with the Eagles on Sunday as they look to sweep Philly for the first time since 2007. And to get more into the Eagles, we're now joined by ESPN NFL reporter Sal Palantonio. Sal, you got Lance Meadow and Paul DeTito here. Greatly appreciate the time today. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you guys. You too, Sal. Same to you, Sal. I want to start, Sal, with the rushing attack for the Eagles because we were talking about this entering the Week 12 game with the Giants. That was just when Philly really started to emphasize that facet. Seven straight games, at least 175 rushing yards. They were very effective against the Giants as well as on Tuesday against Washington. How much has that facet, in your opinion, been a big part of why they've won four of their last five games and are now in wildcard contention? Yeah, well, you know, it's a big factor, except they blew it against the Giants. I mean, they they got away from it in the first half and went back to it in the second half, and I think Nick Sirianni is kicking himself because uh, he left Jalen Hurts exposed in that game, and Jalen Hurts threw two interceptions up at MetLife Stadium, as you know, and the Giants won the football game, and I think everybody in Philadelphia, uh, especially around the Eagles organization, is lamenting the fact that they lost that game uh, the Giants played really well defensively, and the Eagles uh, played into their hands and, and didn't emphasize the run until it was too late in that football game, as you remember, Lance and Paul. Um, and, and now, you know, coming out of that game, Jalen Hurts uh, tore up his ankle a little bit, so he had to miss the game against the Jets. Came back last night in what I thought was a pretty good get-back game and a courageous performance considering – he wasn't 100%. So they went into the lab, and they changed the blocking scheme a little bit to emphasize more of Miles Sanders out of the backfield as opposed to the RPOs that emphasizes Jalen Hurts' ability to hold the ball, keep it, and run with it because he really wasn't 100%, not a full go yesterday. So the Giants are going to see a different running attack than they saw in the second half at MetLife Stadium. I can tell you that right now. You know, in talking about that running game, though, Sal, it looks like Jordan Howard over the last month has certainly become more of that ground game, and he's more of a pounder than Scott, who's that little quick natty kind of guy. He's like a fly back there, and he's given the Giants a lot of trouble over the years, but Howard seems to have taken his snaps. Yeah, he has. And, Paul, you know, the thing about Jordan Howard is that he's been injured, so he's been in and out of the starting lineup. He only got a few carries last night. The home run hitter is Miles Sanders, over 100 yards for the second week in a row. He's the one who can really has he has he has breakaway speed, and you know he is also coming off an injury. So you know they've got Scott, they've got Sanders coming off an injury, Howard coming off an injury, and Jalen Hurts coming off an injury, and as a result, what you saw last night was a more of a zone read run pass block scheme out of Jeff Stoutland and the Eagles uh, coaching staff to try to mitigate the injuries that they have on the offensive uh, on the in the running back and the quarterback position so um, I think that again to, to emphasize the, the clear point and difference between the, the game at MetLife and this game on Sunday is 
this will be, and I'm sure, I am sure that uh, your coaching staff has seen it, watched the film of last night, and saw the difference that the Eagles. After the game, we asked them, Paul. We asked Nick Sirianni what was the difference. He wouldn't tell us, and then. Getting ready for the matchup show this morning at NFL Films, we plugged in the tape, and you can see the clear difference in the blocking scheme and their approach offensively. Sal, is it worth asking you a generic question about the short week? You just talked about how these guys have been kind of banged up, and now they just played a physical, tough NFC East rival on Tuesday night with a very quick turnaround against another rival, and i got to feel this is going to be a battle royal. Oh, yeah, these Giants-Eagles games are always tough. You know, the Giants get up for the Eagles and vice versa, you know, and there's also, you know, the commingling of the fans. And it's, it, you know, they never they never schedule Giants at Eagles for 4 o'clock or, or the other way around because it, it's just insane at Lincoln Financial Field at 4 o'clock when you have the Giants and Eagles fans come together and the Giants and Eagles on the field. As you know, we've covered many of them together, you and I on the sideline. And I can tell you, Paul, you're absolutely right. You know, an NFL game is like five, six car wrecks. And you have to get your your body right and your mind right. And then you throw Christmas right in the middle of it. So I'm interested to see how they get back on the field in five days, uh, have a semblance of a Christmas celebration with their families, and, and try to take on a Giants team that's going to have a lot of motivation as they usually do, you know. I, the one thing that I have seen from Joe Judge's team is the want to. They play hard. They play with a lot of energy. Um, you know, they, they're they an intense team. And uh, the Eagles better bring it, I'll tell you that, on Sunday. I don't know what the line is, but this could be a tough game for the Eagles. They're always one-score games, Paul. Sal, you brought up the blocking scheme, how that changed on the offensive line. One thing that I'm curious about is if you remember last season, that Eagles offensive line was absolutely plagued by injuries, and it was very difficult for them to overcome. I think they had the most offensive line combinations probably in the league last year. And as of late, they've had to mix and match because Driscoll they lost. He's now back on IR. I know Landon Dickerson didn't play Tuesday because of COVID. Why do you think they've handled that better this year compared to last season? Well, they settled on Jordan Mailata at the left tackle position. And even though Lane Johnson uh, had the mental health episode that kept him out for a couple of games, he has not, knock on wood, been bothered by the ankle injury that he had last year. His, his ankle was a mess last year. He couldn't really put any weight on it at the end of the season. He missed a lot of time. So you have the anchors of Mylotta and Lane Johnson. Jason Kelsey had a hip injury that bothered him last year. And, again, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx anybody. But, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey's having a, a Pro Bowl year. So those three guys, and Landon Dickerson, as you mentioned, even though he's been on COVID list for one week, he missed his game. Boy, oh, boy, what a, what a find in the second round. You remember he had the yeah. knee injury in the championship game? With Alabama, the Eagles took a flyer on him in the second round. They also took a lot of criticism for it. Howie Roseman took a lot of criticism. And they plugged him in at left guard six or eight weeks ago, and he's been a revelation. He's, he doesn't have great feet as a pass blocker, gentlemen, but he is a terrific run blocker, and he shoots exactly. And he's smart, motivated, super tough. 
he has been an absolute revelation at the left guard position. So, Sal, the Eagles have tried to get some continuity going here, but now Nick Sirianni this week tests positive under the COVID protocol, and they're not 100% sure now if he's going to be able to coach this thing on Sunday. How much of an issue do you think that is? I think that's a pretty big issue. You know, he has emerged as a real force on the sideline and with this football team. This team has his personality, and he's pretty fiery. He's pretty intense. Uh, I'm interested to see who's going to take his duties if he can't come back. But, you know, the interesting thing is I'm assuming that he's vaccinated. I'd be shocked if he weren't. I think it's required for all coaching staff to be vaccinated, double vaccinated, maybe even boosted. So that means, you know, his turnaround should be pretty good. But, you know, not to conjecture or guess about it, Paul, but what we're seeing just in the early going and the change in the protocols is, yes, they want to get him back quickly, but the tests are so sensitive. And this this variant is so virulent that it's hard to get guys back. Like, they thought they were going to get back Kyle Allen and or Taylor Heineke last night. Their CT numbers were going in the right direction. They tested on Monday night and didn't get off the COVID list. They tested again on Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. You know, those tests are couriered up there to North Jersey. That's where the lab is. So they had to courier them from Ashburn, Virginia, to North Jersey Monday night and then Tuesday morning. And they thought the Tuesday morning test was going to come back, and they kept re-looking re at the numbers, and it didn't pass. It didn't pass the test. So remained on the COVID list and not available. So the test is super sensitive, and this is a pretty powerful in terms of its ability to infect variants even though you may not have symptoms, 80% of the Washington football team that tested positive did not have symptoms. So I don't know if he's going to be able to come back or not. Well, Sal, to answer your question, I'm looking at reports circulating on Twitter as we're recording this interview. It seems to indicate that Sirianni has told local reporters that passing game coordinator Kevin Petullo would be the acting head coach, assuming he can't come back. He doesn't want to disrupt the other coaching assignments. Based on what you know about Petullo, how do you think that could very well impact the dynamics of this game? It's interesting that he picked him because Jeff Stoutland is the running game coordinator, right? So... Jeff Stoutland will have, he's the offensive coordinator and, um, excuse me, offensive line coach and running game coordinator. And he is, you know, he's, he's the Jedi master. He, he is, he's, he's like the Tom Moore of that football team. So, um, you know, they'll probably split duties. And, uh, you know, Stoutland will really be, I think, in charge of getting in the year of uh, – of, of, of the coaching staff to make sure that the right run plays are called. But last night they really relied heavily on Jalen Hurts as a passer. 20 of 26 with two drops by Goddard. He could have had a Phil Sims day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was Phil? Was Phil 22 of 28 in that Super Bowl, Paul? Come on, give it to me. What was the number? 20, Actually, no, it was only three drops. It was only three drops because I remember because McConkey, Bavaro. Oh, yeah, Makaki Bavaro and Stacey Robinson were the three targets on his three incompletions. <laughs> what a performance. It's, yeah, and tell you know, me about Paul, it. Paul, Phil, Phil, Phil Sims not in the whole thing, right? 
he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Bill Sims should be in the Hall of Fame for crying out loud. And I'm one of the voters, and I didn't even know that he wasn't in, and he should be in. He's one of those guys. If you were to say to me, what guy is not in that should be in, it's got to be Phil Sims. got to be. Then, Sal, i got to ask you about this defense. Uh, only twice over the last month and a half have the Eagles given up more than 20 points in a game. What is the key to having them tighten that situation down? Well, they, you know, let's go through it one by one. You know, they played uh, the backup, backup quarterback last night, and um, Antonio Gibson had a toe injury very early in the game that kind of limited him. So, you know, they couldn't really uh, rely on Antonio Gibson, and they were missing Brandon Scherf, and they were missing their starting center, Larson. So that was significant. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, did not even blitz last night. He just kept coming at him with Hargrave and Fletcher Cox right up the middle, knowing that uh, Washington was shorthanded on the offensive line. So that's one. You know, that that's the main reason why they had no problem. And then they played the Jets before that. And then, you know, they had some success against the Giants' offense, kept the Eagles' offense in the game by having success in that game. So it's, you know, the, ma- the matchups have been favorable to a very good Eagles defensive line. And then occasionally, but in my opinion, not enough. Jonathan Gannon has dialed up blitzes specifically, Paul, on third down. What you see is he'll bring Slay, he'll bring Epps, he'll bring McLeod from the safety position, the two of them. And um, it's been on third down and it's been effective. But I don't think he does it enough. Um, I think if you got uh, some truth serum into Nick Sirianni, he would agree with you. You know, Bill Polian always used to tell me when he was interviewing defensive coordinators, he would sit him down and say, all right, show me your blitz package on third and one, third and two, third and three, third and four, and go down the list. I want to see your blitz package. I want to see it on film. I want to see what it looks like. And uh, to me, those defensive coordinators that can blitz effectively on third down without exposing their secondary will win a lot of games in the National Football League. I mean, to me, that is the key. Absolutely. That's what Mike Pettin couldn't do last year in the NFC Championship game with Tom Brady and why Brady won that game, or else I think Aaron Rodgers would have went to the Super Bowl last year. Well, Sal, speaking of the blitz or the lack thereof, based on what you had laid out, they only have 23 sacks on the season. That puts them 30th in the NFL, and I think over the years— yeah, of course. But we've always looked at the Eagles, I think, in previous years, Sal, as the team that they rotate defensive linemen. They have a variety of guys right in the sack number goes up. Two guys I want to hone in on before we let you go, specifically Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett, because you look at their numbers, whether it be from a tackle perspective, a sack perspective, they only have four and a half sacks per uh, combined. If you take into consideration they're not blitzing much, as you mentioned, is it also, you think, a lack of them winning their one-on-one battles? Why is their production, would you say, dipping across the board here? Well, I think number one, if you look at their blitz percentage coming into week 15, Lance, it was second to last in the league, last in the NFC. This guy does not blitz enough. Uh, it, it is my opinion and the opinion of a lot of people who study the game. 
Um, you can't rush with four in the NFL for a lot of different reasons. They don't call holding as much anymore. So that means defensive coordinators have dialed up the blitz. You look at teams that have won big recently. Todd Bowles in Tampa, he's a blitz machine. That's how they won the Super Bowl last year. They blitzed Patrick Mahomes right out of that stadium, right out of Tampa Stadium. And you look at other teams that have had success, and those that haven't are the ones that are just rushing with four and not getting home. Even the Los Angeles Rams with Aaron Donald, you'll see they're not blitzing enough. And as a result, they're not getting as much pressure on the quarterback. So, And, and what's happening in Green Bay now? Patton is out, and they're blitzing more, and that is big complimentary football for the Green Bay Packers. In fact, Nolo is dial, starting to dial up the blitz in Kansas City, and they've had a lot more success in the last game, six to eight games in Kansas City defensively because Steve Spags has been dialing up the blitz. So, And, you know, I got a lot of gray hairs. Paul will tell you, Lance. I've been around <laughs> a lot. 20, I got 20, 29 years covering this football team. I went through the Buddy Ryan years. That guy would blitz you right off the airplane. <laughs> Jim Johnson, you guys remember? Jim Johnson used to sure. blitz all mm-hmm. the time. All yep. the time. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. A rich history there in Philadelphia, and your point is well taken because the Chiefs are on a seven-game winning streak because of their defensive turnaround. He is ESPN NFL reporter Sal Palantonio. Sal, always appreciate the time and the insight. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and we look forward to Sunday's game. Thanks again. Thanks, Sal. Have a Merry. Okay, we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. That's Sal Palantonio from ESPN. Of course, you can find him covering the NFL with a focus on the Eagles. And, of course, you can find them on their NFL matchup show, which is really the best inside football show that ESPN does. Make sure you go check that out. All right, Giant fans, don't forget to take in all the action of Giants football from your own private suite. Giant suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends while rooting on your Giants at MetLife Stadium. Speak with a Giant suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925. We wrap up today's show with the head coach of the New York football Giants, Joe Judge. Bob Papa speaks to him. As always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York Giants, Joe Judge, the Giants and Eagles on Sunday. All right, coach, I know there's some uncertainty for the game on Sunday as to who's going to start. How's the week gone, and what will be the thing that makes the final determination for you and the staff? Yeah, well, the biggest thing is we want to watch you know, a few days of practice and just watch the overall operation with Jake in there. We've seen Mike for a couple games and just kind of see how the operation and practice goes. And obviously he had a smooth drive last week to finish the game out as far as moving the ball down the field, putting his position. I want to see how that carried over to a full week of practice. You know, Jake's still kind of newer to our program. He's had a couple weeks here practicing with us, and he's made some advancements along the way, did a good job in the game. Want to go ahead and just you know give him a fair look along with Mike and see who gives our team the best chance. All right, well, when you look at this football game, one of the things that is a given is Philadelphia's ability to run the football. Um, you know, over their last seven games, they're averaging like 214 yards a game on the ground. They're 52% on third downs. They stay in manageable down and distance. Do they do anything unique or special in their run game, or is it just a fact that they execute really well? Well, I think the unique thing about this team uh, isn't necessarily the schemes are running. It's the combination of how they can run the ball. And they do a good job with some gap schemes. They run the uh, RPOs and QB zone reads to kind of get it going. They're very effective with those. But then also it's the combination of the screen game, which really ties in into an extension of their run game, getting those perimeter screens, the tunnel screens, and getting easy access on the edge to go ahead and just run the ball. 
But a large element of that game is really the run game that comes off their pass game. That's what hurts. You know, he gets back there. He's got such an ability to scramble and really extend plays. He accounts for a large amount of their yardage, and that really comes down to you having to tackle him in space. And sometimes you do a good job on the coverage. You shut down the pass opportunity, but then you have to do a good job reacting, coming up and making the tackles. Last two games, Dallas Goddard, their tight end, uh, has eclipsed his career highs. He had over 100 yards against the Jets and then, you know, 138 or whatever it was against Washington. Is that some of that just a function of that run game and, and him being able to, and them being able to scheme him to get open? Well, there's definitely elements they build off those RPOs and go ahead and use him as an access point if the run's not there. But they also do a very good job just stretching the field with him. The one thing he's really demonstrated his ability with contested catches of going up and wrestling the ball away from defensive backs. And they've not only hit him with some you know kind of typical underneath drag, flat routes, things of that nature that are tight end routes, but they've pushed the ball down the field with him on some vertical routes as well. And he's really capitalized on that. So he's really stretching the field for them as a weapon. You guys were very opportunistic when you beat them at MetLife Stadium a couple weeks ago. You forced four takeaways in the football game. Um, You know, is that something that, you know, when you talk about it with your team, you want it to happen, but not to sacrifice technique to try to force it to happen? Yeah, well, we're always looking for turnovers. And a lot of that comes from just being in the right spot and breaking with the right technique. And then also in the run game when you're drawing balls off them, you know, first man in, securing the tackle. Next man in, attacking the ball, making sure that you secure it and eliminate yards after contact while still giving yourself a chance for the ball. And we were able to knock a couple off from the last last game, get some interceptions as well. So, you know, it's key for us to make sure that we just play good team defense and just do your job, be where you're supposed to be. The play will come to you if you play it with the right technique, you're in the right position, and you play with the right speed. Coach, you've been able to generate a better run game over the last couple of weeks. Saquon's starting to show more things. Booker has been, you know, really a solid, strong player for you. Talk about that maturation in your football team and why it's starting to come together. Well, guys are definitely doing a better job running off the ball with the offensive line and generating some movement on the down guys right there and open some gaps. And I see both Saquon and Booker and then also Eli when he gets in the game as well, really attacking the ball vertically and just sticking their foot in the ground. And we talk all the time about dirty runs, talking about those three to four to five yard runs of just dirty runs of sticking in there. It doesn't look pretty, but making sure you keep moving the sticks. And they've been committed to that. And off of that, we've had some runs that have gone for 10, 12, 13, you know, and a little bit further uh, earlier on this year. So, you know, what I see is the team is just the overall combination of the run block and improving as a unit. That's gotten better throughout the year. And then also the runners really attacking that ball vertically and going for the positive gains, which lead to the bigger gains. Coach, the final thing, um, you know, listen, the record's not where you want it to be. But I think if people crack on the tape and watch the Giants play, you guys play really hard and you fight. Even last week's game, even though the score wasn't what you would want it to be, um, you guys had it where you still had an opportunity early in the fourth quarter. Is that something as a coach and as a staff makes you proud that your guys are fighting the way they're fighting, even though they're not getting results of reinforcement of wins that they'd like? Yeah, absolutely. And that's got to be a trademark of our organization. You know, we're going to play with relentless effort, and we're going to play tough, we're going to play as a team. And the guys understand the area they represent, the people and the fight that this community has. And we're going to make sure that we go out there and we reflect that on the field all the time. And, you know, I tell guys all the time, they ask, hey, listen, it's been a tough year in some regards as far as a record. But, you know, we understand where we can go with this program and we see some positive things to build on. But ultimately, when people ask you about, you know, can you keep a team together or do the guys come on in, I don't know what it's like in other places, and I don't know what it was like before I got here. I can just tell you I know what it's like right now. And the expectation for our guys is to come in here every day to work and fight for each other and to represent you know, the uniform that you wear with pride. 
and that's where our guys play. And we're not going to tolerate anything less than that. So in terms of, you know, what I see, I see a team of guys coming together and playing for each other and staying committed to working and having results. I see guys pushing to improve, and I see guys playing as a team. Final question, Coach, um, because I just started to think back to last week's post game, And, um, you know, Leonard Williams, it was touchy as to whether he could play in the game. And he gave a really well-thought-out answer as far as he's like, listen, my defensive linemen, we're a group, and I'm not going to sit this game out and let my guys down. I know it's not something that could affect me the rest of my life, and I'm going to fight through it to be with my teammates. What does that say about his leadership in your, in your room? It's a guy that's truly putting the team first. And you talk about, you know, you know, the toughness, mental toughness and physical toughness that he demonstrates going out there and playing through that. And a lot of guys that have been dealing with the same ailments. Kenny Galladay's a guy that he's been playing through, you know, a rib injury for the last few weeks. And that's something that every time he goes out there and runs a route, he feels it, guys, and it hurts him. But he doesn't wince. He doesn't miss a rep. He doesn't miss a practice. He goes out there and he plays. He takes shots. He keeps on plugging on through it. But to see a guy like Leonard do that and just really articulate it, that's really the vibe in our locker room, guys, and that's what we expect. Our guys go out there, they go to work, they're going to play hurt, they're going to play through injuries. We're going to push each other, we're going to hold each other accountable. And, you know, look, the foundational pieces are the toughest pieces to put together, okay? And I'm never going to ask anybody for patience. I'm not going to try and sell somebody on a dream. Uh, but the reality is, when you walk through our building, you understand the feel and the culture that's within the locker room. And you see the way the guys work and practice, and you understand the stepping stones are in place to take the next step. Coach, we appreciate a couple minutes as always. Appreciate it, Bob. That's Giants head coach Joe Judge. We thank him, Aziz Ojolari, and Sal Palantonio for joining us on this episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, our preview of the Giants and Eagles. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for being with us. Have a joyous holiday season, holiday weekend, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Giants Huddle.